Hello and welcome. You are now listening to the Space Witch Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Whitney Levesque. This is episode number six of the Space Witch Podcast. Today's episode is a really special one. Um, I got to sit down with my friend Rose, who is an Aries sun, Aries moon, Cancer rising, Aries midheaven, Venus in Gemini, and Mars in Scorpio. Um, she was kind enough to offer to be the first guest on a little installment that I am bringing to the Space Witch podcast, um, where basically I just interview all of the zodiac signs and ask them about their life and their childhood and what their career goals are and what they look for in a person that they want to be like in a relationship with and then just see how all of those things correlate with their natal chart. Um, I really love hearing about people's life stories and I really love astrology so I figured why not combine the two and put them into one big podcast episode. So yeah I got to sit down with Rose and we talked about her life growing up as a Jehovah's Witness and we talk about drugs and um, you know, dealing with nosy parents and just all kinds of uh, different things. And we had a lot of fun doing this podcast episode. And yeah, um, I hope you get something out of it. And I hope you enjoy listening to this as much as we enjoyed making it for you. So without further ado, here is today's episode. You are now listening to the Space Witch Podcast, your one-stop guide to the stars, self-discovery, understanding the people around you, and a logical explanation for all your other weird life experiences. Get all your questions answered right here. I'm your host, Whitney Levesque. I like never get to uh, record with like someone else. In the room. Um, <laughs> so I guess we'll just do this then. Um. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Space Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Whitney Levesque. Uh, this is episode number six of the podcast. Today I am joined here with my super awesome friend, Rose who is an Aries. Um, this is going to be like the Aries episode where I get to interview my friend Rose and we get to talk about all things Aries related. Um, this is kind of an idea I've been kicking around for some time now. Uh, I wasn't sure how it was going to play out and lucky for me, Rose offered to be my guinea pig, um, which is very Aries of her since Aries is the, you know, the first firstborn of the so. Uh, Firstborn of the Zodiac, um, they're the pioneers. They always want to be the first to do everything. So um, it's really great that she offered to do this. Um, basically, this episode is going to be kind of like a little bit of an interview with a twist in a way. Um, so like I'm going to be asking Rose a bunch of questions, but um, it's not just going to be questions. We're also going to be looking at her natal chart, and I'm basically going to be reading her natal chart throughout this whole um whole uh episode and just uh seeing how that kind of applies to her and her life and yeah I thought it would be really fun um so welcome Rose I'm so happy you're on the show today thank you for having me I'm excited to do this I've been thinking about this like all week and I've like I've done some a little research here and there about Aries and more about myself which has been really nice because mm -hmm. there have been things in my life where I'm just kind of like oh hey that makes more sense now and like this 
seems like very me and so when you like the like the guinea pig thing yeah um I was in a class full of guinea pigs um my fourth grade year because it was my teacher's first year teaching Mm -hmm. and she's like you guys are my guinea pigs so we're just gonna try a bunch of different things see how it all works out Mm -hmm. and we're just gonna go from there and I was just really excited about that because I was like, cool, we get to do a bunch of different things. We get a bunch of, like, we get to figure out, like, what works, what doesn't. Mm-hmm. I was just a super excited You're like, grader. I'm the first one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Always first. Because <laughs> Aries. Um, do you feel like, so you said you researched the sign Aries a lot. Do you feel like you relate a lot to that sign? Like, even though it's, like, your son, do you feel like you have a lot of those traits? Like, do you identify with that a lot? Yeah, I, I've definitely identified that. I identified with Aries mm-hmm. um, a lot, actually since the first time that I looked it up. So I looked it up first when I was like seventh, no, eighth grade or ninth grade, so freshman mm-hmm. year. And I was just bored one night and mm-hmm. I was laying in my bed and I was just going through a bunch of different things in my head and I was like, what in the world does, what does your sign mean? And so I looked that mm-hmm. up and it brought me to... Um, you know, obviously astrology, that's why I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I looked at mine and I was like, oh, that's cool. You know that I'm an Aries. So what's that mean? So I looked into that and it was the sign of the ram. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that makes sense. I'm stubborn as hell. <laughs> right. And it's just, and I always kind of associated that with, you know, oh, I'm just kind of like my mom and my dad, just, you know, super stubborn. That's where I get it from. And Do then... Yeah, just gonna go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, do you, do you feel like you fight people a lot? Like, or at least when it's like worth it, maybe. When it's worth it, yeah. I tend to kind of put my foot down and look at them and be like, "Yeah, right, sure, we can we can say that you're right." Kind of <laughs> go from you're there. You're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yep. Oh my god, that's so funny. Yeah. It's funny, well, because I know a lot of Aries, and I I've met some that are a little more combative than others, and um. I guess it's funny because you say stubborn, but I part of me is like, because I don't, I mean, not that Aries can't be stubborn. I don't really associate it with being a stubborn sign. Mm-hmm. So I almost wonder if it's more like kind of like digging your heels and like, oh, okay, like I know I'm right and you're wrong in this situation, so I'm yeah. going to say something about it. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, I really uh, have to hold back at work, especially when like a customer comes in and tries to tell me how to do, how I'm supposed to be doing my job or how... Like, a drink is supposed to be made, and I have to really put on that customer service vibe and <laughs> be like, okay, and, sure. And tough it out. <laughs> you know, and just kind of go from there, and it's just not fun, but it works. Well, you do a really great job. Um, <laughs> so, what kind of, like, so you're not typically like, you don't know a lot about astrology. Like, it's not like in this show, like, I'm having, like, oh, here's this famous astrologer, like, on my show today. Um, you're kind of just, like, you're interested in it, but you don't know much about it. So what kind of, what draws you into astrology? Like, what, what um, kind of made you want to do this today? Like, what, why does it interest you? <laughs> well, um, like, back, like I said, back in, um, I'm going to just say high school, because uh, mm-hmm. that, makes, that makes more sense. Uh, back in high school, I looked up what your signs, what signs mean, and I, when I realized that there was, you know, more to it than just like reading the stars, it was, um, what's kind of what drew me in because I was just curious about it, mm-hmm. 
And so I looked into it a lot. I looked into a lot of my friends' signs, and I was like, oh, this is so them. Yeah. I I looked into mine, I was like, this is me. And then there were some things where I was just like, yeah, I don't know if that's me yet, but... Yeah. um, All of it also was just curiosity. And then when I found that I related to it a Mm. fair amount, I kept going into it. And then um, I had talked to my parents about, like, what signs mean and astrology and they kind of steered me away from it because you know at the time I was uh very religious yeah yeah and they were like oh no no, no Australia is about this that and the other thing da, 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 da. yeah and just kind of steered me away from it and I was like all right and you know mm-hmm. I, was, I was 15 and I didn't know any better I just kind of went with it and right I know that doesn't at the time it was just kind of like what I did I just sort of you know, followed my parents' lead mm-hmm. and just kind of, I did my own thing from here and there, but it was definitely more in private. Right. But now that I'm out of my parents' house, I am definitely more just kind of like, I'm going to go do my own thing. Like, if you don't want to go do that, if you don't want to join me, then that's fine. <laughs> I love it. I actually, I I loved it that one night um, when you were telling me your whole story about, uh, you know, how you were a Jehovah's Witness and then you kind of got away from it. And, like, I think the whole time you were telling me this, like, I don't know, I just, like, I was just, like, Rose is such a badass. Like, and it, it's funny because you have, like, you're an Aries, according to your chart here. Like, you, you're you an Aries sun, you're an Aries moon, so you have a really strong, like, Aries influence in your chart. And it's just funny because I just feel like you totally have that tendency to just, like, not give a fuck, which is such an Aries thing. Like, I always think of, like... uh you know, like, Aries celebrities like Rihanna yeah. or um, Mariah Carey. Like, those are two, like, really famous Aries women. And, like, if you follow them in the media or anything like that, like, yeah, they just... They, they don't care. No, they, <laughs> they do what they want. And I think that is so, so awesome. Like, I always think of, like, uh, what was it? Uh, Kendall Jenner made a tweet one time at Rihanna and was like, oh, I really hope you play this song at the concert tonight. And Rihanna just replies, then don't come. Like, oh, God. Awesome. And it's then, like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not, I don't want to do that. I'm not going to just do something out of... Because you said so, right? yeah. Like, no. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Um, yeah, that's, like, what's great about Aries. Like, I just, every Aries I've met, like, male or female, like, they just, they do what they want and they don't care. They're, like, too bad, which is honestly very interesting because, so Aries' opposite sign is Libra. And Libra is a very people-pleasing sign. They like everything to be balanced. They don't want any conflict. Whereas Aries just, like, embraces the conflict. (laughs) They are not walking on eggshells for nobody. They're like, this is how it is. If you don't like it, fuck you. (laughs) Like, Essentially. I love it. I've noticed more as I grow up and I've become more comfortable with myself and just who I am. I've definitely more of just, like, don't walk around eggshells on me. If you have something to say to me, say it and get it out because I'm tired of this. (laughs) My Aries moon is tired of this. Yeah, that's another, like, very Aries thing. Like, you guys love, like, direct communication and, like, you just really don't like to beat around the bush with people. Like, it's just, it's funny, actually. It was an Aries that actually taught me to be more direct um, earlier on. Um, Not, well, I don't want to get too into that, but, like, Uh, I guess earlier on in my career, but not like this career of podcasting, um, my other career that I won't get too into detail about because I probably shouldn't talk about it publicly, publicly, um, just because you never know. Uh, But yeah, so it's funny because like I have, like my Mars sign is in Cancer, which is, you know, Mars is like how you go go about doing things and like um, 
it's your drive. It's what motivates you. Like, and so when you have Mars in like a water sign, they say it tends to be kind of in detriment there. Mm -hmm. And so my Mars is in cancer. So it's very like, I'm very passive with people and I kind of have to feel out the situation. Like if I think someone's going to snap at me for saying something, like I kind of wait and read their feelings. And if I like, you know, if I feel like they're in a better mood, then I'm more likely to like, you know, say something. Um, Yeah, I can see that in you. Yeah, so it's really hard. Like, I have to kind of get myself to just kind of deal with it sometimes. And I think because I'm so kind of, like, indirect, it's, like, I really admire people who are really direct and, like, can just kind of, like, you know, get shit done. Um, And what I think is interesting about you in particular is, like, because when I first met you, like, so you have cancer rising in your chart. So you're rising or it's also known as your ascendant sign. Your rising sign is, like, your persona. So, like, how we're sitting here right now. Um, That's, like, how you come off in your personal relationships. Uh, What's interesting is right now, like, the way I'm interviewing you, that's your midheaven coming out. Like, it's how you want to present yourself to the public, which is really interesting. Um, So, your rising sign, like, so when people first meet you, you come off as being, like, a cancer because your rising sign's in cancer. So people kind of see you as being this quiet, shy, like maybe they might see you as being a little bit moody or just like, you know, you're kind of like in your shell. Um, but then once they get to know you, they see all this like this airy sun and moon coming out and they're just like, whoa, like this. <laughs> like, where did this come from? <laughs> yeah. Like, who's this badass? Like, because I remember when, when I first met you, I was like, oh, like, the, you know, Rose is like really sweet and just, just kind of quiet. And then like, I got to know you and I was like, damn, like, <laughs> there was just so much unexpected, like energy there like you're just you know so assertive and direct and you get things done and you're really efficient um and that's like that's so awesome and then so you have Aries actually on your midheaven um which your midheaven or your 10th house is that's your public persona so it's like how you appear on the internet or how you would appear in an interview like we're doing now um it's like how you want people to see you or what you would like aspire to kind of be like Um, It also kind of indicates, like, what kind of career you want to have and just, like, where you want to go, like, how you want your status to kind of be. Based on your chart, you have – so you have Saturn, you have (coughs) – excuse me. uh, You have your sun, you have your moon, and Jupiter all in your 10th house. So you really do have, like, this kind of, like, inclination, I guess, towards um, kind of being in the limelight or being in that public eye. Like, you – there's a lot of like energy there like you that's one part of your life that um you just have a lot of stuff kind of going on there I think it's technically a stellium because I think it's what if you have three or more planets in a house that you have what's called a stellium so you that would also kind of give you a lot of like kind of Capricorn vibes Mm -hmm. so like you're probably like very hard working um you might be really good with money you really want to you're good at like figuring out how to like make money when you need it um you're very just very efficient and very like you're kind of like a go-getter type person and um it's interesting because a lot of people I feel like wouldn't wouldn't assume that when they first meet you because you just have that like cancer rising going on um which is really cool um what's my next question here so how would you describe yourself if someone asked you to just you know, tell them about you, what would you say? Well, my default answer is I'm hardworking. I am a good listener. I am someone who tries to work through all problems. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, 
I definitely try to be efficient. <laughs> I sometimes I succeed, sometimes I don't. I think but... usually you do, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are some days, but no one's perfect. Yeah. Uh, I also tend to say that I'm quiet until you get to know me <laughs> because when you do like as you saw um I was definitely a lot more reserved yeah when you first met me and that's mm-hmm. because I you know I didn't want to freak you out with anything that I, that I said <laughs> just that keeping I all, the, all the freakiness in yep and then, Harry's energy yeah and then when I kind of like figured out like you were very open-minded and that you were uh, like welcome to just different ideas and just the way different things in people like some of the stuff that they like to hide I was okay with kind of like opening a little bit to Mm -hmm. you so that you would be like oh this girl isn't just super quiet she she can actually like raise her voice if she needs to yeah it's funny actually that you say that because I feel like what you just described is my Aquarius rising (laughs) which um if you know anything about the sign Aquarius like Aquarius is super weird and quirky and, like, um, eccentric. And we're not – I don't think Aquarians are very judgmental for the most part. At least we Mm -hmm. try not to be. It's a very humanitarian sign. So that's totally, like, my my Aquarius ascendant you were picking up on for sure, Um, which is kind of flattering in a way. Like, thanks. I'll take it. (laughs) Um, What else? What else? What else? Oh, okay. So (laughs) – and then this is kind of a loaded question, I guess. Tell me about your life. Like, what's your life story? Well, right now, I sort of see my life as kind of a two-parter. Mm-hmm. And part one was me living with my parents and having my basically my entire family around me and having, like, my childhood friends around me all the time. Yeah. And that was when I was a Jehovah's Witness. Yeah. And... I say was because, you know, obviously now I have moved out of my parents' house um, and I am now living with two roommates that are not um, religious in any aspect Mm -hmm. and I definitely live a very different life than I did when I was at home. And many people may say, you know, like, well, obviously you're now living your, your own life, you're out of your house, so that means... You know, you can kind of do what you want, so there, but you your life probably shouldn't really isn't that different. But when you live in a very religious household, like I'm sure many people know, um, when you finally move out and you've decided yeah. to not follow that faith, you definitely change. Yeah, and absolutely. With that, I have found that I am definitely a lot more abrasive. Yeah, I'm. Honestly, I think I'm more free. Yeah. I'm just sort of... And so, because I don't have... I don't hold myself back as much. Yeah. Because I don't worry about, like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to go out and, you know, knock on people's doors and try to hand them (laughs) literature about the Bible and, like, how they can better their life using the Bible and the things and the tools that are in that. And, um, you know, if they... But if, if I go to a person's door that, you know, I freaked out on at work or at school at the time or in just general life they'd be like well you were if you're supposed to be so peace loving how in the world like why in the world did you freak out on me yeah so I definitely held back a lot right right now it's sort of just like I'm never gonna see you again why do I care yeah and if I do see you again then um 
you know, we'll deal with it then, I guess. Yeah. And just kind of go from there. I totally, I, I can relate a lot to that. Um, I, I was brought up in a similar, similar kind of household, not Jehovah's Witness, but my family is very Christian. Um, and I mean, I'm still kind of navigating that whole thing. Um, it's, it's an interesting process, but I, I, I know exactly what you mean with, you know, kind of feeling more free and like you can, you're coming more into yourself kind of. Yeah, I've definitely noticed that because, well, like you said, uh, uh, Aries is, you know, very, you know, they kind of just say, you know what, fuck it. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I can't do this anymore. <laughs> yep, that's kind of how it was the night that I left my parents' house. Um, I don't know if I told you, but it was very... It was a very abrupt leaving. Yeah. And I, it was because they didn't, I was followed one night Mm -hmm. and it was by my brother and my sister-in-law. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that really, that, that still messes with my head. Yeah. Like there was a few, a few weeks later, um, after that, after that night that I was followed, I was really paranoid and I was still like, yeah. Like, is someone following me? And so, like, I ended up doing uh, boxes around my apartment. And if a car, like, followed me around two turns, I'd go up and over yeah. the street just oh, no. to make sure. Oh, my gosh. it just, that, it, it freaked me out because that's what I'm, that's what I was always worried about growing right. up. That I was just going to be followed. Because, yeah. like, I, I always felt like no one trusted me. Right. And, and that's not... Like, I don't think that's a general vibe that you can get from witnesses. It's just that was me because I was hiding a lot. Right. Because I was hiding a lot internally of just the whole, like, get out of my way. I want to do my own thing. But I had to be very, like, a very Christian daughter. Yeah. And (laughs) be a a good little girl and be one who just kind of, like, follows and kind of goes with the flow of the parents' house of the parents ruling and um my parents didn't see me like that they didn't see me as the child that just kind of like went along they saw me as my own person and who went out and did their her own thing but I really didn't because what I wanted to do is I wanted to go for a walk in the graveyard yeah (laughs) right and they would have looked at me like I had three heads if I if I had ever said that yeah they'd be like what do you want to do that for and it's like because I want to go for a walk in the graveyard yeah I want to go hang out with my friends mom exactly And then, like, if I said, you know, oh, I'm going to go hang out with one of my friends, and, um, you know, if I showed up at the house at midnight, they were like, dad was, I mean, granted, dad was a really light sleeper, so he would wake up anyway. Right. But they would end up staying up, and then I would go to bed, and then 10 minutes later, they'd come to bed, too. And I was like, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Like, you don't need to stay up for your 18-year-old daughter. Right. Like, She's graduated. She has her own house. She has she has her own car. <laughs> she has her own job. You know, she's taking care of herself. And she yeah. was at a friend's house. And like, I think you should just like trust that you've raised your daughter to not lie to you. And yeah. if she is lying to you, which generally I wasn't. Yeah. No, but, you don't. I mean, I feel like you probably wouldn't either. Like, just based on like the general vibe you get off. Like, it's just like you know what what reason would you really have to, like, do that? You know what I mean? Right. I mean, I understand that, like, you know, teenagers will lie to their parents and, you know, do stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I've, there's got to be, like, I feel like personally there's got to be something more kind of going on there. 
Especially if they're not, like, respecting your privacy and, like, you know, that that totally would kind of mess someone up, in my opinion. Like, you know, no one wants to be followed or feel like they can't be trusted. And I feel like that would definitely kind of mess with your head a bit, Mm -hmm. for sure. There are some days where, like, at work, mom and dad would just kind of, like, show up. And a lot of people, they would be like, oh, that's so nice that your parents come over and see you. And I'm like, they didn't warn me. I really didn't want to. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I come to work to work, not to like show off to my parents <laughs> yeah right like, I come here to work and clean and get shit done because that's what needs to happen I'm not here to chit chat with my parents right right exactly like, if they want me to make them a latte or a drink at home I'll do my best to recreate it but and then if they want to come in and see what I can do then I'll ask like hey so maybe this day and then like, I can, like, let you know if I'm on bar. Yeah. And just kind of go from there and, like, show you what I can do. Right. But it's, like, you know, you're at work. Leave you're doing your thing. Yeah. <laughs> just trust me that I'm at work, okay? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um. So what's interesting is, like, I'm looking at your chart and, um, oh. and in your chart you have, so let's see here, you have Mars in Scorpio. And then you have that in, like, kind of a harsh aspect to Neptune in Aquarius. And then um, Saturn in Taurus. In So it's, like, between, like, your 4th, 7th, and 10th house. So um, I kind of imagine, like, with Mars being in your 4th house, your 4th house is all about your home life and your family. Um, did you feel like... Maybe, like, there was a lot of – I'm trying to think of, like, how to describe this. Like, so when Mars is in your fourth house, like, either you did a lot, um, like, just either maybe you moved around a lot when you were growing up. Uh, Mars is, like, associated with, like, physical movement or, you know, maybe you lived with some very passionate people or people getting angry a lot maybe. Um, there could have been a lot of arguing. And I feel like that in combination with this harsh aspect to Neptune – and Saturn, um, I kind of get the impression that, like, people really wanted you to kind of maybe, like, believe in something, and they really kind of put that restriction on you, and you felt maybe kind of confused a lot of the time, and, like... (laughs) Yeah, um, it's funny that you say that there was, like, a lot of arguing, because my brother, he, um, so he left for a while. Yeah. And, but he went back. With his wife. Um, him and his wife left for about a year and a half, and then they came back. Mm-hmm. And um, But during that time, right before they left, there was lots of arguing between my parents and him. Right. Because they didn't trust him. Right. And they didn't trust that he was doing things the right way. As And when I mean right way, I mean by the standards that they yeah. had set from the Bible that they, that they were reading. And... <clears throat> You know, there was, it was, um, like, what they meant by that was, like, he would let them know, like, where he was going. Right. And when he would be home, how long he'd be somewhere, um, if his, if his plans changed, if that he would tell them and that, so really so that they would know, like, what he was doing. Yeah. And, like, why, and so that they would, they said that they would, that it was to, like, protect him Mm -hmm. and to, like, keep him safe and out of trouble and harm's way. Right. But it's also one of those things where he was 17 to 19 years old 
Yeah, like around the age you were when you were like, peace, (laughs) I'm out of here. (laughs) Definitely right around that age where it was like, they, and where they kept saying, you want to like flap your wings and be your own person, but but you still have a lot of growing to do, a lot of growing to do, so like we're trying to help you do that, but it's like, that's not like a bit, like if you're trying to, (laughs) if you're trying to like relate us to birds, then birds throw... Birds literally throw their children out of their nest. Yeah, they're like, see ya. They're like, go do it. Like, fly. Like, you can do it. Like, I'll be here if you fall and crash on your face, but, like... Go do the thing. Like, like, go do it. Like, try it out. Yeah, which is funny because it doesn't really make any sense. Like, I, I understand that, you know, a lot of parents out there, their ultimate goal is always to protect their children, but um, I definitely think that when you don't let kids, you know, kind of have their own experiences and make their own mistakes, like, what are they going to learn from that? Like... You know, you can tell someone, like, hey, don't touch the stove. It's, you know, it's going to be hot. You can tell them that and keep them away from the stove, like, you but know, they, all you want. They still got to touch it for themselves and get burned and, you know, kind of realize, like, oh, yeah, that's hot. I shouldn't put my hand on the stove. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> and mom and dad always said, you know, like, we've had a lot of the same experiences. We've had more life experience than you. So, like, well, you yeah. should trust us and... <laughs> Uh, like learn from our experiences and the bad things that we did so that you don't have to go through all that heartbreak and I'm just kind of sitting there like yeah but I think it might turn out differently yeah because I've heard your stories because I've heard like what you did and so I'm like all right well I'm gonna go and do the opposite or I'm gonna go do a like a slight variance of it yeah. where I think it might actually work out and mom and dad are like they're not gonna work out like you shouldn't do that right and, I keep saying mom and dad, but really it was just mom. <laughs> You're like, I'm trying to be fair, but, <laughs> but not really. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah it. Do- I don't know. It just, I mean, obviously I don't have kids, but I don't think it really makes any sense to keep people in a cage or, you know, I mean, not that you were in a cage, but like, you know, right. kind of keep them in, in this protective bubble. Um, yeah. You know, I know like for me personally, like people can tell me about their experiences all they want. I will listen all day. Um, I love hearing about people's lives and, like, the things they've done. But for me personally, I I have to experience everything. Like, I want to experience everything. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I think it's funny. Like, with me, I feel like some of it ties into my Sagittarius Midheaven. Like, I love to teach people and um, I love offering kind of, like, guidance and advice and stuff. And I think that kind of me wanting to experience everything kind of ties in with that because I feel like how can I accurately – teach someone about something or tell them about it if I haven't done it myself yet. Right. So, you know? like, when – and mom would always be kind of, like, vague with her answers if I asked her a question. It, like, it always felt like I had to, like, yank answers out of her. Right. And then I would, like, turn around and kind of do the same thing to her and I because I didn't really want to talk yeah. with her. I just kind of want to be like, okay, well, what about this, this, and this? And then she would give me vague answers, and then I turn around and be like, "All right, well, you're not helping me, so I'm gonna go find out for myself." Yeah. Plus, like, I mean, it, if you have parents that don't trust you, it doesn't really make you want to, um, like, be open tell with them, them and stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, if you feel like they don't trust you anyways, or they're spying on you, like, you're not gonna, you know, just you know, bare your soul to them. <laughs> right. Exactly. And so that's that's also kind of like why I basically hid in my room for. Four years? Yeah. Throughout high school. And mom and dad were like, would, like, mom would just kind of, like, open my door. And I just kind of, like, the only, and the only really, so I had two doors. Yeah. So I had my main door that would completely close off my bedroom. And right. then I had a gate. 
because yeah. we had a little chihuahua and I had rugs. Oh. And the chihuahua <laughs> liked to poop and pee on my rugs. Of course, as most, you know, tiny dogs do. Exactly. <laughs> and so I said, nope, not doing this. Right. And so I had um, a gate. And then after our chihuahua died, we... And I didn't have rugs. I still just kept the gate because what was the point of just not having it there? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, I'll just keep it there. Like, it doesn't matter. Right. And so that's, like, another thing that kind of, like, gave me, like, a pr- another protective barrier. It was that I would hear the gate latch open. And then that would give me time to either dash into my closet <laughs> if I wanted to not be seen. Yeah. Because either I wasn't dressed or I was only half dressed. and Or either yeah. it was just, like, I just... I was not ready to be seen, so I just kind of, like, dashed yeah. into my yeah. <laughs> into my closet. And I'd be like, what do you want? <laughs> and then mom would be like, why are you hiding? I'm like, because I'm not dressed. <laughs> yeah, like, what do you mean? Like, like it's my freaking room. <laughs> you're like, yeah, I'm t- totally doing all these bad teenager things, and that's why I'm running into the closet. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, yeah, but so, like, when she would just kind of, like, open my door, even if she just, like, left the gate, she just kind of, like, perched herself over into my room, and I'm just like, can you not? Can, can I help you? <laughs> yep. And so she, like, we, I had a hard time with, like, spatial, like, boundaries. Right. With my parents. Mostly my mom, because she was very much like, I'm going to be your mother, I'm going to be like the woman that you come to when you need help from like a woman and da 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 da. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, no, I, if I want womanly help, I'm going to go to my sister. Yeah. <laughs> I'm comfortable with her and she's right. not going to freak the fuck out on me if I tell her that, you know, I want to try to get high. Yeah. Or, and like, I never said that to anyone, but <laughs> I was like, I was definitely a lot more open with my sister. Right. Because she, She's very calm. She's kind of like, okay, well. More sensible. Yeah. She she would, like, listen and then be like, all right, well, here's my experience. Mm -hmm. Here's how I think your experience will go. Right. And there's your two options. Yeah. And she kind of, she would just kind of, like, leave it up to me to be like, so you can do these two things because this is what's presented before you. And she just kind of helped me help, you know, make up my mind on what I wanted to do, especially if I wasn't sure and or she would help me realize what I wanted to do and if I really if she said that I should do option A Mm -hmm. I kind of and if I had like well I really want to do option B I'd be like all right well I'm going to go do option B yeah (laughs) and like and I kind of and she always like she respected me for that and she like helped me just like get through some different it just gave you a new perspective and it was probably easier to talk to her than like you know to someone who would immediately get like angry exactly um which brings me to another question do you feel like so your moon's in aries right they say that your moon is kind of it can be sometimes how you view your mother or how your uh blah 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 um or it kind of shows like how your relationship with your mother kind of was did you do you feel like your mom was like very impulsive or like would get angry really quick or maybe she was competitive or like jealous in a way um i would say that she was yeah she was impulsive um she would get angry very quickly she um let's see i don't know about jealous she would be jealous towards the women that my dad talked to Uh oh but (laughs) She had only ever really had, like, 
fits of jealousy every once in a while. Yeah, it because wasn't as common. Yeah, it wasn't super. It wasn't like a daily occurrence. It right. was something like, oh, like this happened like a year or two ago, and it's back now because, um, you know, Dad has been talking to this woman a lot lately, mm-hmm. and Dad was just like, no, I'm just having conversations. And yeah. Mom was like, yeah, I see that. I'm just like, I need to let you know because I. Like, I'm jealous, and I don't know why, and, like, I just need to let you know because I don't want to feel like I'm hiding something from you. And I'm like, right. It's like, okay. And she would have this conversation in the living room, like, after mm-hmm. after dinner, and I would walk into this conversation, and I'd just kind of, like, look at them, and then I'd walk out because I'm like, this is not a conversation I want to be a part of. Like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm out. <laughs> and i just go upstairs, and then mom would be like, Rose, where are you going? And I'm like, I'm going upstairs. And she's like, why? I'm like, I don't need to be a part of this conversation. Yeah, like... And dad just kind of, like, looked at me and just kind of, like, shrugged and was just like, okay, like, makes sense. Like, you don't want to listen to this. You don't have to. Like, go up to your room. It's fine. Right. And mom was like, why are you always hiding? I'm like, I'm not hiding. I just want to be alone. Or I just don't want to be around you because you never leave me alone. Exactly. Even when I think I'm alone. Mm -hmm. Um, So was your dad kind of, like, more, like, chill kind of in comparison? Yeah, he would not get angry. He would just get disappointed. <laughs> I'm not. So he'd give you the old, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed talk. Basically. Oh, man. And which ended up being worse because yeah. I would then just get mad at my mother for being angry because I'm like, well, if you would just let me talk, <laughs> you know, you wouldn't be so angry. And then mom oh, would man. get more angry because I was yelling or I was raising my voice to her in an yeah. unrespectful manner, in a disrespectful manner. And... I was like, I'm just upset and you won't let me talk. <laughs> but where my dad was, he would, every once in a while he would like cut me off and then he'd get whatever words he wanted to get in yeah. and then I would kind of like jump back in over him and he would be like, okay, she need more, she needs more time. So right. he would then let me just talk for like 10 minutes straight and then he'd have like two minutes to mm-hmm. like completely say everything that he wanted to right. and then there'd be like three minutes of silence and then the conversation would just be kind of be over because we'd both just be like, all right, well, I guess this is the resolution that we've come to. Yeah. And this is what we're going to do and this is how we're going to go about it. And, you know, my dad and I, we we rarely ever actually got into a heated discussion because my dad and I never really fought. Right. And if anything, it was like, hey, I need to talk to you about something because I just... Like, I need to talk to you. Yeah. And he'd be like, all right. And so he'd bring me into the bedroom and he'd be like, all right, what's up? And um, at that, mom would come in and be like, wait, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. And then she'd be like, I want in on this. <laughs> yep. And she's like, where have you guys been? It's like, just here talking. And she's like, why? I was like, I had a problem and I wanted to talk to dad. And she goes, oh, well, what was it? And I'm like, well, it's nothing. It doesn't concern you. Yeah. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. And then I'm sure later that night, dad probably told mom, yeah. but mom never brought it up. Right. So, like, I kept that trust with my dad. Right. And most of the time, uh, mom would say, well, if you don't want to talk to me, you don't have to. I'm like, okay. And so I turn around and walk awesome away. Do. <laughs> oh, man. And so what were your, what are your, do you know what your parents' signs are, like, off the top of your head? I never looked up my parents' signs. Or their signs, birthday, at least. But, I don't know. um, my parents, my mom was born July, hmm. well, my dad was born August 10th, and then, so mom was born 21 days before him. Okay. So August 10th by 21 days, I don't know what that was. So... They could both be, like, Leos, it sounds like. 
which is really interesting because they sound like two totally different Leos. And it makes me wonder, like, does your dad have like a lot of Virgo in his chart? Because Virgos are much more like practical than Leos. Leos are very, um, very like extra and extravagant and they like to be the center of attention. That's mother. (laughs) Yeah. That's mother. They're very like out there. Um, So if your dad's a Leo, he, he could be like a more like chill leo who has just like a lot of virgo influence maybe or something totally different um that's a really interesting dynamic um yeah they like their relationship together was just amazing and like i like i aspire to be to have a relationship like theirs which i think i i do i also think i have a relationship that's maybe not better than theirs but (laughs) But kind of better (laughs) mostly because like Mom and dad don't fight, but right. me and my boyfriend, we fight, but it's not like, I told you so. It's more yeah. of like, woman, will you just let me talk and like get my <laughs> side out before you get yours out? And oh, I'm like, man. fine, sure, you do it. And so I'll let my boyfriend talk and then um, I'll talk and we both just kind of come to a conclusion. And by right. the end of it, we're just laughing at each other because we're like, why in the world did we get so upset about that? So wait, did you say he doesn't, you don't let him talk? Or... Oh, that's the... Oh, it's just the... That's just my friend. Yeah, sorry. You're good. I thought it was my car alarm. I promise nothing is blowing up or anything. Yeah, no. um, Yeah, sometimes I won't let him talk because I'm trying to get my opinion out first. (laughs) Me first, me first. Yeah. Such an Aries. Definitely. (laughs) And he just like, can you like let me explain? I was telling my story first. I'm like, sure. (laughs) That's really funny. Because at first you said that and I thought you were saying that he doesn't let you talk. And I was like, oh, poor, like, poor you. Like, you know, because you were kind of saying the same thing with your parents. And it sounds like, you know, oh, the rules are reversed here. Like, okay. <laughs> All right. I see you. Like, Yeah, no. Uh, I don't know. If you ever see us actually, like, interact with each other, especially in a home that we're both comfortable in. Yeah. Uh, you'll see that we tend to, like, pick on each other a lot. And some people may see it as, like, oh, we're being mean to each other, but we're really not. We both know that it's, like, if we end up hurting uh, the other person, then it's, like, ow, like, that hurt. And we're just like, oh, wait, no, I didn't mean to do that. I'm sorry. (laughs) And so we're really good about that. And then we, he and I, we've also had a few relationships before each other that we're like, okay, this didn't work and that didn't work. So, and we see that, certain like similar problems are coming up and we'll be like all right well we see this is coming up so why don't we try to avoid that yeah (laughs) and do this Mm -hmm. and kind of go from like kind of go from there oh that's so nice it's funny too that you mentioned that you guys tease each other because you you said that he's a Sagittarius Mm -hmm. and something I've noticed with fire signs so Blake my fiance he has so he's a Libra but his Venus is in Leo Mm -hmm. and Fire signs are just really funny because you guys love to pick on each other. And even, like, I have another friend who's an Aries and all her, like, interactions with, like, her and her, like, family and her friends, it's all her, like, just making fun of them. Like, uh, she, she like, lived with her aunt at one point and she'd be like, yeah, okay, Satan. Like, <laughs> it just became, like, this whole, that like, they would just constantly, like, rag on each other. And even, yeah. like, you know, with Blake, like, he picks on me all the time. And I'm a Virgo, so sometimes I get, like, really annoyed because I feel like he's being, like, you know, critical or something, or I'm just too sensitive about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes it's actually funny. Like, I'm like, all right, all right. Like, that's me. I see you. <laughs> yeah. um, I love I love being able to be comfortable enough with 
people to rag on them because then if because then it's like like you kind of known each other like you built a bond up and yeah to be like hey i'm gonna like i'm gonna be playfully mean to you and you're yeah. gonna be playfully mean back <laughs> this is how this is gonna work basically and so it's like we're comfortable enough to rag on each other and we both know that if we actually mean it we're gonna know we mean it yeah it's and most of the time we know that it's like just like i'm just joking like, right it's fine like i know that you're a good person and that i love you and that you are someone that I want to have in my life for the rest of my life. Yeah. And so even though I rag on you as much as I do, I still love you and I still want right. you to be around. Like, please don't leave me. It's like a mix of, like, a trust and also, like, that sense of, like, knowing someone so well that you know how to pick on them. Like, you know the kind of little things you can, like, pick on them for. <laughs> like, exactly. I totally get that. Um, and also I would say that, you know, aside from you being an Aries sun with Aries moon, like – you know, you also have Venus and Gemini in your 11th house, which is, I would imagine you have, like, a very kind of detached approach to love. Um, wow, I said that really weird. Uh, you have kind of a, 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 a detached approach to love based on that, because it's also in your 11th house, which the 11th house is, like, Aquarius stuff. It's, like, wishes, your dreams. It's also, um, like, groups of people, your social network, things like that. Um you, so you have Venus and Gemini. Gemini is a very kind of detached sign. I would say that, like, based on what I know, is that people with Venus and Gemini, like, you, you kind of tend to want someone who is really smart and intellectual, but also someone, you know, like, you can talk to and have conversations with, but not just, like, small talk. Like, you want to have, like, real conversations. Like, act- like, actual conversations. One where you can sit down and discuss the, well, like, uh, man. So one, like, prime example yeah. for me and my boyfriend is we have talked a lot about uh, drugs. Right. And because he and I, we both smoke weed. Yeah. And um, me, I am just on the weekends because I don't have access to weed and he does. Yeah. And he also uses it a lot more because of health reasons. Right. And... But we will go deep into conversations about the effects of different drugs, mm-hmm. whether we've tried them or not. Yeah. And we've also gone into deep conversations about why we use them, how we use them, um, ways that we would like to use them, yeah. ways that we could, um, you know, like the, I wouldn't say like the ethics of using them, but like the general population's <clears throat> opinion on yeah. these different you know, things. Well, because, I mean, a lot of things, like, you know, like, weed is, you know... It's, it's becoming more acceptable. It's more acceptable now, but for a long time, and I think a lot with the older generations, it's not necessarily societally acceptable. Exactly. And personally, with me and my Aquarius rising over here, I could totally go on a whole rant about um, at least, like, the legality of uh, marijuana and, um, you know, whether or not it's really fair to put people in jail for it, which I know we're definitely... As a society and as a country, like, we're moving way past that, which is good. Um, I certainly hope we move away from it because just, like, even just from, like, a medical standpoint, yeah, it's something that we should not fear, yeah. but we should educate people on because if you think about it, weed is just a plant. Yeah. <laughs> and Seriously. people are literally put on, like, another co-worker of ours 
she has many different health problems yeah. and she gets put on medications that could literally kill a horse. Yeah. No, I believe it. And she has built up a tolerance to them. And so, like, if these prescription drugs, if she so wanted to, she could literally turn around and sell them. And she... But she doesn't. Right. She doesn't. She doesn't. <laughs> For the record. God, she doesn't. <laughs> but, um, you know, she could... Like, she has medical legal access to these very hard drugs that you know people are just like all right well we're just you have a pain in your back so we're gonna prescribe you the three different things for you that are all derived from opium yeah and it's like wait what (laughs) yeah which is like super addictive and yeah it can cause a lot more problems than smoking a plant or even like just ingesting it in a in like a a brownie or a cookie you know it's and so when you it's way less harsh in your body for sure exactly so when you look at it like that which he and i have we're just like what in the world like who decided to do this yeah like who was the brainiac who wanted to do this and decided that this was better yeah like if like i don't know (laughs) well there's there's a, a lot of history behind all that um i think i heard somewhere too that a lot of the stigma around um marijuana use stems from like uh basically just racism and um you know it it was like a whole thing where because i might be wrong on this this was a very long time ago when i heard about this but Mm -hmm. uh they i guess like mexicans were using it and bringing it into the country originally and you know it it turned into this racist thing where people were like oh look how lazy these mexicans are you know marijuana is bad yeah blah 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 and so just over the years, there became this very big culture that was anti-marijuana uh, use. And I just, I don't know, my whole take on it, um, not to get super off topic, I guess, Yeah. is I just, I don't really believe in um, making any sort of, like, drugs legal. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Sorry, not legal. Um, making them illegal because there's a lot of substances out there that are, you know, they're illegal to even, um, to even, like, research or, like, you know, look into, really. Oh, wow. Um, and it's crazy because, like, look at, you know, with marijuana, like, how far we've come with that. Like, we have, like, CBD oil now, which, you know, yeah. treats all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, like, we can use the paper. We have hemp oil that's yeah. good for the skin. We have hemp rope. We yeah. have, I mean, we can make paper out of it. We can, like, there's so many uses for from just this one plant. Yeah. And it's crazy. Like, I just think, like, you know, if that's, you know, all the stuff we can get from, like, you know, marijuana, who knows what else could be derived from, like, you know, other substances. Like, you just never know. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of the whole, you know, like, opioids thing, it's like, you know, people get prescribed all these painkillers and... Um, and they grow addicted to it and... Yeah, well, they become addicted to it. And then they, they... That's actually how people, like, end up doing heroin is because it's cheaper to get heroin than it is to keep buying pills. Exactly. So... Um, uh. Anyways, this has been a, <laughs> Thank a drug you for joining us here. rant. Um, I'm just going to move on to my next question. Yeah, um, <laughs> so if you had to build, like, your dream partner or, um, like, someone, like, what do you look for, like, when you're attracted to someone? Or, yeah, what do you look for in a partner, I guess? <laughs> like, what makes someone attractive to you is what I'm trying to say. All right, well... It's funny that you actually say this because earlier you were talking about um, the planets and the signs that were in the house that, um, I don't remember what house it was, but the one that has to deal with, like, love. 
and um, relationships. Was it your seventh house? Yeah, something like that. I don't remember. Oh, which actually that kind of influences us too. But anyways, continue. <laughs> but um, you were saying that it was like people with intelligence, but who could like also have like deep conversations. Yeah. And like, so yeah, intelligence, um, people who I can have a deep, a deep, real conversation with instead of just small talk. Like small talk is fine, but mm, I really keep that for the drive through window. Yeah, right. <laughs> and um, people who have like an air about them where I can approach them. Yeah. Uh, people with nice smiles. Um, other things are like a good sense of humor. Yeah. Which, you know, kind of has to be. <laughs> Especially if you want to pick on them all the time. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then I also want people who are like open-minded. Yeah. Because I, I get way too frustrated with people who are closed-minded and who won't allow other opinions to possibly change their own right because with me over the years i've noticed that if i have a very strong opinion yeah and then i go around and i be like oh well you know if i say you know like water is the best drink and da, yeah. da, da, and and then people will come around and like well no coffee's the best drink i'm like well no coffee hurts my stomach so water's the best <laughs> drink right and then to have that, um, like, a discussion with them of, yeah. like, oh, this is why you enjoy coffee, and this yeah. is why I enjoy not coffee. Right. Um, I know that's such a weird example, but, yeah, like, it's, it's something that you can, you know, say, like, this is the best, and when someone turns around and says, no, it's not, it's like, all right, well, why? Right. And then, uh, you know, having that discussion... And not having it end at this is, like, this is the best and this is what you're going to have to deal with. Yeah. It's more of a, well, it's the best because of this, this, and this instead of it's just the best and you have to deal with the fact that it's just the best. <laughs> right. So Yeah. So it makes more sense. And that's really interesting because, so you have Neptune on, in bleh. <laughs> let me start that over. You have Neptune in your seventh house and then you also have Pluto and Sagittarius um in your fifth house and so Pluto and Sagittarius that's a generational thing like I have that a lot of people like our age have that um and Pluto and Sagittarius is very much about you know stripping people of their dogma um Mm -hmm. because we grew up in an era where there was a lot of religious dogma like we experienced like 9-11 and you know things of that nature and you know we might have been exposed to you know we're exposed to this older generation that's also very religious and dogmatic and um, Pluto is all about transformation and change and, uh, the sign Sagittarius is all about, um, higher learning and spirituality and, um, becoming kind of like a mentor or, a, excuse me, um, or like a guru. And so, you know, our whole generation is really working to kind of move past that and to, you know, expand our consciousness, um, in a way that isn't so, um, close-minded or dogmatic and, um, on top of that, too, like, Neptune in your seventh house, that's another sign that's all about spirituality. Or not a sign, but a planet. All about spirituality and um, almost, like, another realm. Like, you know, it almost tells me, like, you might also be attracted to someone who's, like, really creative. Yeah. Um, I, having the artistic side is great because I find myself I find myself writing and sometimes drawing. At one point, it was, uh, like, 
crocheting and knitting yeah <laughs> and like trying to make things and create things and have uh, a space and turn it into something pretty and something that I want to be something in. Like beautiful yeah. yeah and so ha- and so finding that creativity in someone else is always something great because then I can either feed off of that or I can help like influence theirs or even just boost theirs yeah and just kind of like help them if they have a artistic dream to like help them get there right just funny because that's kind of what you're helping me do right now this is uh I guess you could call this podcast my art in a way. <laughs> I mean, I think it's an art for the ones, for all the ones that I listen to. I, I listen from a range of like ones that are sponsored by very big corporations. Right. And then I have one, then I have uh, two or three of them that are just sort of like this, just two people sitting down and talking about whatever comes like in the news whatever or a book that they've read and just kind of like going about daily life and yeah um, yeah and so so ha- I love seeing that um oh goodness <laughs> we're like what's the word <laughs> but I love seeing the the range of artistic that art or art that can be used in just the one medium of podcasts yeah no podcasts are awesome I I love podcasts obviously I that's why I started my own <laughs> um yeah no podcasts are totally great Okay, so moving on to the next question. Um, what does your dream career look like? Um, you have your Midheaven and Aries. What What's like something you always wanted to do or something maybe you even currently want to do right now, career-wise? It's funny, that's such a hard question for me. Mm-hmm. Because you know how when you're little, you have this these like dreams of grandeur of like, I want to be a firefighter, I want to be like an astronaut, I yep. want to be a nurse, I want to be a doctor, mm-hmm. and, you know, there are some of those kids who are like, I want to be a garbage truck driver. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I never really had those, and okay. so throughout my life I've always been like, well, maybe I'll do something in the medical field, and this, that, and the other thing, because that's kind of like what the, like, quote-unquote family business was. Yeah. Because both my parents are, they work in the hospital. Right. Uh, neither of them have a, like, a nursing or a doctorate. Yeah. But they both work in and around doctors and nurses, so they, mm-hmm. like, they know about anatomy and um, the different drugs that are used during surgery, after it, and yeah. before. And um, my sister's also, uh, she's not she's not a nurse, but she works in a doctor's office, and so she helps the doctors. And so I thought I would be something, like, around there, and so the current thing that I've been thinking about is phlebotomy. And so what yeah. that is, is... Ooh. Isn't um, that like veins and like blood? Yeah. And, oh my god, I could never do that. I'm so squeamish. <laughs> every actually, every time I hear phlebotomy, I'm like, oh, because even the word itself. Oh my god. Yes. Oh. And like, I've always, I've always had like a fascination with the body and the blood and, um, like how everything works within yeah. the body and how each system has a system has a system. Yeah, it's amazing. The body just works like one giant like unit. Like everything just works together perfectly. It's amazing. Yeah, and I just like I love it. And so I was thinking about doing that because one, I get like the personal interaction that I want yeah. with each patient, but I also don't have to like deal with a ton of bodily fluids. Well, it's funny you say that, though, because then you want to do phlebotomy. Isn't that, like, a bodily fluid, technically? Blood? It is, but I don't have to, like, clean up someone's vomit or, like... True. um, 
if someone has an accident of some form, I don't really have to go and clean it up, and I don't have to... It's easier to handle, kind of, yeah. Like, I don't have to go in and shift someone off the bed to to redo the bed to put them back on, and then an hour later to come check their check their stats and then their stats their um their vitals yeah and you know so i don't have to like deal with that right and then if they start going if they start what's like called coding yeah you you i'm just gonna explain it anyway. that's okay go for it yeah well <laughs> um, if it's not me there's gonna be someone listening who probably doesn't know what that means so that's true by all means go for it so, like, uh, coding is when your heart stops and when you start to, um, basically when they need to come into the room immediately mm-hmm. and they have to, generally they take the Johnny off and they, like, track your heart back together, they get you back breathing normally again, yeah. they have, basically get you to a point where your vitals are steady yeah. so that you aren't in danger of dying or going into a form of shock, uh-huh. which could lead to death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, I wouldn't have to deal with that, but I, so, basically what I would have to do at that point would be just to, like, stand back and let everyone else do their job. Yeah. So, and then, at that point, if I have what I need, I can just go back to the lab and start work on whatever needs to be done. Right. Wow. That's awesome. Um, so, that's, so, you were saying that's not, was that something you wanted to do as a kid or you didn't want to do? Or you just Um, felt like you were kind of pushed in that direction, kind of? Um, I wasn't, I guess neither, it would be the answer that, to that question. It was something that I was looking into now. So okay. It was something that... So more recently, you think you want to do that. Okay. Right. Um, was I, there anything you wanted to do when you were a kid? Or, like, or do you just not think about it, really? Um, when I was a kid, I tried thinking about it. I kind of <laughs> gave the generic answer of, I want to be uh, a veterinarian, or, I like, I just want to work with animals, or something like that. Yeah. Like, I like animals, I'll just kind of go with that. Right. And... <laughs> I didn't, I didn't really think about it when I was a kid. I was just more focused on, like, when I was a kid, I wanted to just, you know, build a family and have Aww. kids and have a husband who loved me and who... That's so nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's so interesting. Yeah, I definitely didn't think about work. I definitely thought about just, like, the home aspect. Right. And that's mostly where I was at the time because that's really my entire life at that point was you know just home because I had my brother and my sister with me and my parents like were very strong on like having a very strong family yeah because it I am one of seven but I'm also technically an only child yeah yeah because uh, they're all like older than you right that and also I'm the only biological child of both parents oh so I only have half sisters and brothers and So I'm one of seven, but I'm also the, uh, um, I'm also the only child, I'm also mm-hmm. the oldest and the youngest, and it's, like, <laughs> through all these little different technicalities, yeah. we, I'm this, like, one amalgamation of a person, and I was, like, the weird one, but I was also, like, the popular one of the family. You're I don't the know. favorite. Yeah. That's so weird. It's funny, like, how you, like, tell me this stuff, and I feel like I relate so much to your, like, life story, because I have... Like, I have a similar situation. Like, I was – so I'm the youngest of four kids, but I was raised like an only child because, you know, my sibling that's closest to me in age is nine years older than me. Yeah. So he was basically out of the house by then. Um, the only difference is, like, none of my siblings are half-siblings. Like, we all have the same parents. It's just right. 
for whatever reason, my parents decided to have another kid nine years after they had my brother, and here I am. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, like, you know, like, the whole, like, religious upbringing and getting away from that. It's so interesting, too, because, like, now I'm, like, looking at the, at, like, at your chart and, like, comparing it to mine, trying to think, like, you know, if there's any, like, similarities. Um, even, like, too, what you were saying, too, about how you didn't really think about, like, work or anything when you were a kid really is, like, interesting. I feel like that family thing would chalk up a lot to your, like, your cancer ascendant because that really does color a lot of your chart and cancer's all about the home and, like, domestic affairs and, you know, just wanting to be home all the time. Like, <laughs> I have Mars and Venus and cancer, so, like, I, I relate to that quite yeah. a bit. Um, yeah, home is definitely my safe place. And it's funny because right now I still feel, like, a lot of instability in home mm-hmm. because... I'm in a better spot, but it's still I'm still not where I want to be for right. home, because I'm living with my two roommates, which means I'm out of my house, out of my parents' house, which is great. Yeah. But I'm not in an apartment with my boyfriend yet. Right. Which is where I want to be. You're still dealing with like you know issues from like other people and yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I totally get that. And honestly, you're. I don't. I hate. I hate to say it, but I feel like you're. You might struggle a lot with your home life being. Kind of unstable because you have Mars in your fourth house, which is, like, a very, you know, unstable planet, kind of, to be having. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't... Like, I can imagine that my home is going to be not the stablest of things until I'm in control. Right, right, until you, yeah, until you can decide, like, this is where I'm going to be and stay there and... Yeah. Um, That's I, where I think... I'll probably end up getting steady at that point. Yeah. Home. And because, like, Mars is in your fourth house, too. Mar- so Mars rules Aries, right? Yeah. And it's in your... You also have Mars in your fourth house. So, like, that alone would kind of give you, like, almost, like, more Cancerian kind of, like, traits in, into your, um, your your sun, moon, and Jupiter, and um, Saturn side. Because, like... Because, like I was saying, Aries is ruled by Mars. So when you have it there, that's kind of how that influences it. Because the fourth house is all Cancer stuff. So, like, it's weird. You kind of have this, like, weird mix of, like, Aries, Cancer energy going on. Um, I'm really interested to see what what's going to happen for you when you do get to that stable place that you're trying to be at. Like, you'll have to let me know because... So I have um, Gemini in my fourth house, which is another very unstable, <laughs> um, like, home life kind of placement. And it's interesting because for, like, almost all my life, I lived in the same house that I was born in. And then I graduated high school and went to college and my parents divorced. And then I went from one chaotic household to another chaotic household. And now here I am finally, like, in my own house. Um, but it's it's interesting because, like, as much as I like the solitude and stableness of my own house, it's also weird because, like, sometimes it just... It's almost a little bit, like, boring because it's just, like, me and Blake and the cat and everything's just so quiet all the time. And, like, you know, the first week we were up up here, I, like, I had a hard time sleeping because I'm so used to just, like, you know, at least hearing people, like, walking up and down the stairs or in the hallway or, you know, cars driving by. And I have, like, none of that up here in Maine. So, um, it's totally, it's it's really different. Um, I mean, I, I can't say I miss the commotion of, like, living with a lot of other people too much. Um... But, like, you know, sometimes I'm, like, 
man, like, I wish there was just, like, maybe, like, one other person here or something. Like, I don't know. Like, it's really bizarre. Yeah, a third person to, ha- to, to hold conversations with that has, like, another point of view. So now your, your view, Blake's view, and then that third person's view can add either more information or you can, like, teach that person yeah. more. Or just to, like, kind of break things up a little bit, you know? Like, things just yeah. get so mundane and boring and, like, I don't know. Like, it's it's interesting. So, like, you'll have to let me know what happens for you when you get to, you know, that spot that you want to yeah. uh, I think I think the most stable I'm probably going to get any in the near future would be um, my boyfriend and I in an apartment and then also having his best friend of 14 years, I think yeah. closing in on 15 years for them, um, living with us as well. And that would be um, something for it because... At that point, we'll have that third person, uh, you know, to have um, a routine with, but he'll also break up Byron and I's routine so that right. there's still a little bit of, um, not instability, but there's enough... Variety. Yeah, variety. Yeah. Yeah. And then also with him, with um, Byron's kid, uh, he has, Byron has a kid, yeah. and um, with her coming over uh, probably a few times, a few times a week. Yeah. Is what he, uh, his goal is. Yeah, that'll help as well because then she'll have we'll have a space for her and she can have her own space in right. the apartment and she'll be like, okay, this is where Dad and Rose lives. And, yeah, and yeah. it's just a stable place for her as well. So it's so yeah, it's less chaotic. And then hopefully in her own mind, it's okay. This is this is home too. Yeah, and it's not like Dad's house. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's awesome. Um, so I think that's just about everything I wanted to cover. Um, do you have any questions or anything you want to end the show with or <laughs> any final um, comments? Um, I think I wanted to tell the story about like how I was born. Right. Yeah. Do, tell us about that. That's awesome. So, um, oh, wait, when you, I was you told me about this. I no, I remember it being super interesting, but now I'm excited because I kind of forgot about it. So, yeah. So, um, when we were first talking about doing this or when I finally got you the, um, my natal chart. Yeah. Um, information. I, um, I told you about how, like, I was kind of like delayed in being born. Yeah. Because the day that I decided that I was going to come from my mom, um, <laughs> That sounded weird, but the way that I was gonna be born, I um, mom did not want my eldest sister in the room, right, to see everything, right, and so she kind of like held back from like pushing, yeah, and so therefore it took extra hours for me to actually be born, yeah, and so finally the doctor was like, well, it seems like you're not gonna actually give birth. For a while, so I'm gonna go eat lunch. Yeah, <laughs> and my sister just kind of like looked around and was like, "Well, all right," and goes, "Mom, I'm gonna go eat lunch." And yeah, hope things go well. Right. And within like 20 minutes, the doctor had to be called back into the room because my sister finally left, and my mom, who, which is still weird, why she couldn't just look at my sister and go, "Tina, get out." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because for how abrasive and rough she is, she just. Apparently couldn't couldn't look at her daughter and be like, get out, I don't want you here. Yeah. Like, I get that's maybe a, like, not the greatest thing to say to a child when you're trying to give birth, but, like, (laughs) you're trying to give birth, you're in a lot of pain, you're in a lot of stress, like, 
at that point, all, like, niceness kind of goes out the window in my mind. Yeah, right. And it's sort of like, no, like, this, like, you need to be, like, I need to be comfortable enough to give child, to give birth to this child. So I need to have the people that I want around me and I need to be able to, you know, bring this child into a loving world and I don't want to bring it into a more than needed stressed world. Right. So, like, not being able to tell someone I don't want you in the room. Yeah. Beforehand or during, it's just, like, I don't know, like, it just didn't make sense, especially with how, like, my mom is. Right. Which it sounds like she's very, kind of, generally very direct and, like, you know, kind of in your face, maybe. (laughs) She hates it when people beat around the bush. She hates walking on eggshells. But then she goes and does that. That's so interesting. I would love to, like, see what her chart's like and see, like, where all that kind of comes into play. I was hoping, so when we talked about this, I was hoping, like, maybe there would be something in your natal chart that would kind of, like, indicate that, but there's nothing really jumping out at me, like, you know, because your sun and your moon are both in your 10th house, and then I guess the only thing that would kind of correlate, I guess, is, like, I don't know, you have you have Mars in the 4th house, which is, like, all about the home, so that would just make things very combative and chaotic, maybe. Yeah. Um, I just thought that was a really, like, interesting story. I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense, because it's, like, maybe she didn't want to be, like, rude, but also, like, or maybe she was just, like, I don't know, I mean, I've never given birth, but, like, right. <laughs> maybe she was just, like, in so much pain that she just couldn't, like, like get, it, get out. it Yeah, because yeah. she was focused on it or something. Yeah. But that is, like, that is so wild. It's funny because even when mom looks like looks back at that, she's like, I don't know why I couldn't just tell her to get out. Yeah. <laughs> like any other point I would have, but no, for some reason the day you were born, I had to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I had to be nice. Oh yep. no. <laughs> yup. Oh man. Maybe there was something, I don't know, dude, like maybe there was something uh, influencing like her chart that day. Maybe the, the planets were, because uh... you can have like, so other planets can like transit like your chart and interact with like the planets that are in your chart if that makes sense yeah it does. yeah um because you know the planets are constantly shifting and changing and y- so your natal chart is just like a snapshot of like when you were born and where all the planets were at that very moment in time yeah um and so like it you can like go online and stuff and like look at how the current planets are currently affecting like you and your chart um i actually just did a couple of natal chart readings for um some people uh where I kind of gave them a whole like 2019 astrology forecast and you know kind of told them like what planets are really transiting through their houses and how they're interacting with each other mm-hmm. so yeah it's, it's it's cool stuff yeah it is <laughs> and it's funny so like with that it kind of reminded me of like why I wanted to start like getting back into astrology yeah it was just because um like my curiosity was never really satisfied back in high school because I just kind of had to like leave it because my parents were like no don't do that and um so with that I kind of got away from it because I also didn't really understand like what was going on right because and then anytime I tried to do research I would kind of get these just roadblocks after roadblocks because I would go and I'd read you know one article and then I'd read the next and they would seem like they would be contradicting each other even though they were on the same subject matter yeah and because I would be looking up Aries, Aries type things. Yeah. And like both of them kept like, like I f- kept feeling like they're 
like three people trying to like talk over each other that <laughs> didn't agree with each other. They're just all contradictory. Yeah. And yeah. so I was just like, you know what? Forget it. And I'll talk. I'll ask about. I'll ask someone else about this. And right. Because obviously, someone else with a with a mind who can comprehend this will be able to explain <laughs> it to me in such a way where I can comprehend it and then I can go back and see like, oh, this is where I was getting confused and that's why I was confused. Yeah. And it's, well, it's really hard to kind of do your own research on astrology. I mean, it's not that hard, but like in a way it is like, especially if you're just like Googling stuff like about your sun sign, yeah. because a lot of the time there's a lot of like really vague and general information out there, which mm-hmm. I've said this in other episodes before, like it makes me angry a little bit because you know, people write all this vague general stuff and then like, you know, other people read it and then it's so easy for people to be like, oh, well, astrology is fake because all this stuff could apply to anybody. But like, it's not, you know, people just go by their sun signs and it's like, you have so much more going on in your chart than your sun sign. Like you have a moon sign, you have Jupiter, you have Saturn, you have Mercury, you have um, Mars, Pluto. Like there's so much going on there. Um, so, like, for people to just say, like, oh, astrology is so vague in general, it's like, well, you don't know enough about astrology then. Right, exactly. And so that's kind of where, um, that's kind of where my parents were, like, talking yeah. to me about. They were like, well, have you ever noticed that it's just super vague and generalized, yeah. this, that, and the other thing? And I was just like, yeah, I guess. And people, so they looked at me and they go, see, then it's fake. And it's like, well, uh, <laughs> I don't know about that, but right. right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, like, you know... It's funny you say that because, like, you know, a big part of the reason I wanted to do this podcast is because I – so I've been studying astrology since I was, like, 16 years old. I told this in an – let me start that over. I told this story in another podcast episode, probably, like, the first one. You know, I was really obsessed with this boy in high school who was a Scorpio, and I couldn't figure him out to save my life. I ended up Googling, like, all this, you know, stupid stuff like Virgo and Scorpio compatibility and read a bunch of vague random shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on Tumblr. I think Tumblr was kind of, like, the gateway to a lot of my astrology knowledge because then I learned, like, oh, I have a rising sign and a sun and a moon sign and all this other stuff. And, like, it was just really, really interesting, um, especially, too, because, like, I spent a lot of time reading about Virgo stuff, like, about the sign of Virgo. And a lot of it was, like, oh... Virgos are organized and they're perfectionists. And at first I was like, oh, this is like a nice ego boost. Like yeah. I feel good about myself. And then I learned that I had an Aquarius rising. And so I, I came across like an Alyssa Sharp video mm-hmm. and she talks about Aquarius rising. And that was the first time I was like, oh my goodness, this is me. Like yeah. I I talk about it all the time. Like I identify with my Aquarius rising probably more than anything else in my chart because um, it, it just has such a big impact. And I know for me, like, you know, I've just learned so much about myself through astrology and I've learned about other people. And like another reason I wanted to do this podcast and to talk about this is because I've been like reading people's charts for like years and like educating people about astrology. Like I talk so much about astrology in my everyday life that I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make a podcast and then I have a free pass to do it. And anyone who doesn't want to hear it doesn't have to. But if they want to, they have a place they can go and check it out. And I just think it's, it's really healing for a lot of people because a lot of times like I'll read someone's chart and it it validates them almost. Yeah. They're like this, oh, this is why I handle relationships like this or this is why I feel this way or, you know, like even if it's something like negative, like people just really like to feel validated and maybe in a silly sense, people almost feel like, oh, it's not just me. Yeah, um, it's like there's a, like, it gives a reason behind it. Like you said, validates them. And yeah. Then also like when... 
so it just reminded me of i think you said i have like cancer or capricorn i think it was cancer but like how i presented myself to the world uh cancer cancer Cancer, your ascendant yep yep and so um it was funny because kyle even said that he Mm -hmm. thought i had maybe a cancer moon or something Uh and i was like well i don't know what that means but sure yeah (laughs) and so you know now this you know makes a little more sense now but um for a long time because I presented my, I tried to present myself as, you know, like quiet, reserved, like um, respectful and dignified and yeah. like. Um, trying to be like a good girl. Yeah, <laughs> like a good girl. And then obviously, and then when you get to know me, I'm just kind of, you know, I'm very assertive. Mm-hmm. I'm very directed. I'm very direct. I, um, you know, I have all these other things that kind of feel like contradictory to how like I present myself. Yeah. Like, I'm still both. It's just when <laughs> there's was, layers. Yeah. And yeah. so when I was growing up, I kind of felt like I was a liar or yeah. that I was like a poser because I felt like because I tried presenting myself as this like super bubbly quiet individual mm-hmm. who just gets along with everyone. Yeah. Um and then to have it really be like like, I'm super nice with someone, and then I go home, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, why do I keep interacting with them? This is not healthy for me. Yeah. And this is, like, I'm so annoyed with them, this and the other thing, and so then I feel like I, I was a lot, like a liar, but now that, this kind of makes a little more sense to me. Yeah. So it's not that you're a liar, it's just that, like, you just have a lot of contradictory influences in your chart. Um, and that's hard, especially because, like, so you, like, let's look at this. Like, you have... Your ascendance in Cancer, so that's like your. I hate to use this analogy because everyone says this, but it's like your mask to the world. Yeah, which um, makes sense, honestly, because it's like this is the way I want to be, but this is not how you are at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you have like all these planets in Aries, which is you know Aries is a fire sign. Um, Cancer is a water sign, so Cancer like water signs are t- generally very like sensitive and indirect, and um, they're a little more intuitive, but like. They're just not, they don't really mesh well with, like, the whole Aries, like, vibe. Like, Aries are bold and outspoken and direct and, you know, they just get shit done. Same thing, like, then you have, like, you you have uh, Venus in Gemini in your 11th house, which is all, like, air influence, which is very detached and non-emotional and um, very, like, intellectual. Like, you, you might have, like, a lot of varied interests that people might not even know about until they get to, like, talk to you, so. Yeah. Um, you have, like, all this stuff just, like, bubbling beneath the surface. And then you have um, Mars in Scorpio, which is, I mean, that would kind of go with your ascendant because it's a water sign. But um, it's, it would make you very driven. Like, Mars in Scorpio is, like, very driven. And also, I get the impression you are not someone that I would want to deal with when you're angry because... Many people don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> I am good at controlling my temper, but the thing is, is that if I do get mad and I get yeah. to the point where, like, I need to be alone and I'm... Because, well, I mean, like, you saw me one day at work mm-hmm. because someone... Decaf lady. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I don't, I don't know how much you remember of that, but she was like, I don't care why you don't have decaf brewed on tap, on tap like, all the time. Yeah. I just don't think it's fair. I don't think it's right. And... Like, she went off on me, and I was like, well, I don't know how to help you, yeah. because you won't listen. <laughs> You're like, I'm an Aries, let me tell you how it is. 
just stop talking basically and she's like i shouldn't have to pay more or wait longer because i get decaf and i was like what are you talking about we don't punish people yeah i mean you have to wait but like we don't charge people more (laughs) right like the only reason why it was more was because you were getting decaf espresso yeah (laughs) right um yeah, and so then on top of that, too, like, I could totally see, like, because Mars is in your fourth house, so, like, when you're angry, you probably also have that, like, desire to, like, retreat and kind of just, like, hide out and yeah. maybe, like, you kind of stew about it. And then once you, maybe you get it through your head, you, like, come out and you're like, all right, this is how, how we're going <laughs> to deal with this. Like, yep. so yes. I could totally see that. Definitely me. Um, Yeah, no, it's it's just, it's totally tough, like, having all these contradictory things. Like, I always think about, like, I have my my Aquarius ascendant that I keep talking about I have that and then my Mars and Venus and Cancer and it's funny because Aquarius is very like detached and all over the place and like weird and quirky and then Cancer is like I feel like total. they're not opposite signs but I just feel like they're totally opposite because Cancer is very clingy and traditional and yeah. sentimental and hangs on to things and so like it's kind of like you're constantly like at war with yourself almost yeah. on like what you want or what you like. For a long time, I definitely felt like I was at war with myself, especially when I was trying to figure out what in the world I wanted to do with my life. Yeah. Because like I would try to like look ahead to see what kind of life I wanted to live and yeah. I had two very different options before me that I kind of just kept pushing down the road. Right. <laughs> that I didn't want to deal with at age 17 at age 18 at age 19 yeah but um I finally had to pick one and I sort of I was it felt like I was kind of forced that way right because I kind of I had realized a few weeks beforehand that that's kind of where I wanted to be but it's not where everyone else wanted me to be right and so because of living in a house with where I wanted to just please my my parents yeah. and the rest of my family, mm-hmm. I wanted to be with them and I wanted to just please them. I wanted to just be this quiet girl who went from door to door all the time and just like talked about the Bible all the time yeah. and was not. I guess I would feel probably really two D. Right. I'd feel very face value, kind of just hanging around and. I got really depressed when yeah. I thought about it like that because I I wanted to go out and I wanted to have these fun adventures, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to do that because everyone would want me to stay put in Maine in home, and mm-hmm. I was just like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. I want to go out <laughs> and I want to, like, I just want to run around <laughs> freaking <laughs> central Maine and figure out what like where things are and what people do in different parts of the state and then I also want to go and find out what other people do in different states yeah (laughs) what else is there besides Maine in my bedroom (laughs) exactly and so once I so once the night that I left my parents house I that was the night that basically set me on the path that I am on now yeah and like, I look forward, and I don't really see my family in my life. Yeah. But I see still a lot of their influence in my life, which... But it's only the influences that I allow. Right. And that would be, like, the things that I learned from them. hmm And so, like, how to control my temper, how to um, help others, how to be a good person, and how to... 
be someone who people, you know, like and care for and can be comfortable around so that I could then in turn help them. I love that. That's great. (laughs) Like, I'm hoping to use all of that experience and and help that and help, you know, my little family that is just starting out of, you know, my boyfriend, his child, who I, I, I feel like... I claim her as my own, but yeah. I really can't because she has her mother yeah. still in her life, which is amazing. I love the fact that they are, um, you know, trying to stay friends mm-hmm. because that's going to be basically the best for for the child. For yeah. the child, and then Byron and I will be a good example of what a strong relationship will look like. Yeah, especially for. The little one because I like I had that strong relationship um, uh, represented in my life mm-hmm. through my parents and then through my brother and sister-in-law mm-hmm. or my sister and my brother-in-law yeah. <laughs> um, and like how their family worked and yeah. how my my family worked and I want to take all the good pieces and bring it into my family yeah and bring it into that so that it's a strong family but it's also one that is happy and that hopefully will be where if little one comes home from (laughs) after school so like we have her for a weekend or she's just there with us for the summer or something like that um then maybe she'll be able to be like hey rose i have this problem or i have or like i want to hang out with you can we like do something you know, yeah. i want her to be comfortable with me so that she knows that she has a safe place even if like her mother decides that something like her house like her mother's house isn't a great place for her for whatever reason yeah because you never know what's going to go on in a life that is not yours yeah right that's so. awesome have you ever heard that saying that's like um be the person you needed when you were younger. Yeah, that's exactly what I what I get like listening to you talk about this, and I love that. I love it so much. I think that's wonderful that you want to do that, and it's very true to your cancer rising. <laughs> I feel like, which I, it goes back to kind of my point I was trying to make earlier about like your rising sign really does kind of col- it colors so much of your chart. Even like you know some people could look at this and say you know. And this is why, like, it's really important when you're reading a natal chart to look at it as, like, a whole and not just fixate on one thing. Right. Because, like, I could look at this and easily be like, oh, you probably don't like kids because you have Venus and Gemini in the 11th house and that doesn't interest you and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's funny because then you have your Cancer rising, which would strongly say otherwise and say, you know, you like children – and you want to, you know, maybe you want them or want to do something, like, with them. Right. Have um, an interaction with them. Yeah. And on top of that, too, you have – so you have Pluto and Sagittarius in your fifth house. Mm-hmm. The fifth house is all about children. It's a house that strongly relates to children. So Sagittarius, the sign, is, you know, it's the teacher, the guru. Pluto is all about transformation. So when you have the teacher and the guru combined with, you know, the transformation planet – in the fifth house of children, that totally would point straight to wanting to change the lives of, you know, children or someone younger than you and wanting to be that really good, positive influence. Yeah. And I think you're a great, great person to do that. Um, like, you've been through so much, and it sounds like you've done a lot of personal growth, and you've gotten a lot of that, like, life experience in. 
Um, I certainly try, and like, <laughs> I think I think my like my overall like end all life goal yeah is to when I'm old not look back at my life and look at all the regrets yeah and be like I didn't take enough chances right I want it to be like I took the chances I wanted to take yeah <laughs> there was a few that I wish I could probably redo or like go back and actually take advantage of that chance yeah but look at the the younger generation be like go do it yeah like it was fun i had fun <laughs> like i'm still alive i'm just old <laughs> reminds me of that um there's like a screen cap floating around i forget what show it's from i think is it i feel like it's like betty white or someone mm-hmm. or it's some like old lady and she's like be a slut do whatever you want yeah <laughs> that's gonna be you as an old person isn't it probably <laughs> it's like yeah go do it like have fun but just stay safe don't get yourself killed and make sure that you stay healthy yeah Dude, that's awesome. I love it. Um, I think that's just about everything. Thank you so much for being on the show today and sharing your story with me. I love, love, love hearing about people's lives and their stories and interviewing you has been so much fun. I love it. Honestly, this whole thing was just like a combination of my two favorite things, which is astrology and like story time. Yes. (laughs) Like I love reading like autobiographies and biography. Like I just, I don't know what it is. Like I feel like Oprah or something. Like I just love people's like lives. Like I want to hear about like how you grew up and like all that stuff. So I love that too. And like, thank you for having me and for letting me ramble on about my life. Like I, I very rarely feel comfortable enough to actually go on and talk about it without feeling like I'm just talking your off about my stupid personal stuff. <laughs> no, not at all. Like this has been great. Um, so yeah, I guess that concludes the end of this episode of the Space Witch podcast. And there you have it, folks, the real life story of an Aries sun, Aries moon, Cancer rising, Aries midheaven, Venus in Gemini, and Mars in Scorpio person. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed hearing Rose's story and hopefully it gave you some new insights or you gained something from listening to it. Um, I really, really love hearing about um, people's life stories and their, you know, experiences um, because I think it's very easy to get caught up in the commotion of like, you know, there's just so many people in the world and sometimes it can make us feel very small and insignificant, but everyone has their own struggles and victories and, um, you know, just different things going on. And it's really wonderful because, you know, it separates us on one end and makes us all different and unique and um, shapes us as people. And on the other hand, it also unites us as people and, you know, reminds us that, you know, even though we have our own stories and situations, you know, we're also all very much the same and we all experience the same human emotions and feelings and deal with a lot of the same struggles. Um, I really, really loved hearing Rose speak, um, especially since uh, for me personally, I could relate to a lot of what she was saying because I had a very similar kind of upbringing. Um, and it's been really cool to know her for, um, the six or so months that I've known her and just really see her come into her own as a person and just watch her flourish and be the badass Aries that she was basically born to be. So yeah, if you guys, if you enjoyed this episode, even if you didn't enjoy this episode, please feel free to leave me a review on iTunes. Um, let me know if you 
liked this episode and just like if you think that I should keep doing these interviews um to be honest I'll probably keep doing them anyway but I still like to hear your feedback so yeah um I will catch you next time here on the Space Witch podcast <laughs>